Hey, Chad. Hey, Cameron. Okay, hot take. Um, I wish I could remember. Oh, should I ask you? Okay. Uh, no, I remember now. Hot take. What okay. was? What? How? What do you think of that cat movie? The cat movie. You mean the 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 trailer for the cat movie? Yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued, and I want to see it. Mostly because I ended up reading a thing that I guess the plot to Cats is like they're having a dance-off to see who can ride with space aliens or something. And it was one of those, like, let's, let's explain the plot to Cats in the worst way possible. Um, so I was like, There's, what is the plot to Cats? <laughs> so this is very interesting to me. I, I hate Cats. I don't like any of the songs in it. Um, you don't know what Cats is about? No. A lot of people don't seem to know what Cats is about. It's a collection of poems about cats that was kind of collected and like turned into a musical so it's not necessarily like here's the story of a cat that would become king or something it's like a bunch of little um it, it kind of short stories kind of just like abstract like here's the life of a cat the, the alley cats want love but they're the, you know life is hard and then the, the the fat cats think they're so much better than us then life is hard. So the stories are being told to a bunch of cats by a wise old cat that's like dying. Hmm. And I think by the end of the play, it's like he kind of, he, he tells his greatest stories and then he ascends now that his, his, like his story is done. So, so he dies. Yeah. So what it's done in like a musical avant-garde abstract kind of sense. So, Part of this is people interpret it in different weird ways. I had a friend come to me saying, I'm going to go see that Cats movie. It's about a death cult, and they murder the stupidest cat at the end. My friend was just telling me about it. And it's like, it's not a death cult. It's just cats die when they get old. It's like, no, 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 they murder him. And it's like, okay, you go see Cats. (laughs) Well, it's funny, right? Because I've read poems by T.S. Eliot before in college, and like that dude didn't write straightforward stuff. He was very um, very heavy into metaphor and just wild kind of like surreal imagery, and then he would reference a lot of literature because, you know, if you're going to write your big epic poem, you have to make sure everyone knows that you're very well read. Like, The Wasteland is basically him masturbating for like 100 pages or however long that is, and if you don't haven't read any of the stuff he's talking about, it doesn't make any fucking sense. So if I went back and read The Wasteland now, I would get it better because I've read most of the things. But... The language is fun, like, he's an interesting poet, and so the idea of him writing a bunch of short stories based on cats really fucking intrigues me, just from that perspective. Also, Taylor Swift is in it. So I found an interesting T.S. Eliot poem. It's called Hysteria. Have you have you read this one? I don't think so. Um, As she laughed, I was aware of becoming involved in her laughter and being part of it until her teeth were only accidental stars with the talent for squad drill. I was drawn in by short gasps, inhaled at each momentary recovery, lost finally in the dark caverns of her throat, bruised by the ripple of unseen muscles. An elderly waiter with trembling hands was hurriedly spreading a pink and white check cloth over the rusty green iron table, saying, If the lady and gentleman wish to take their tea in the garden, if the lady and gentleman wish to take their tea in the garden, I decided that if the shaking of her breasts could be stopped, some of the fragments of the afternoon might be collected, and I concentrated my attention with carefully subtlety to the end. So is is he getting a hand job under the table or something? If is there something really sexual about those first two stanzas where I swear to God he was ramming his dick down her throat, and it was just like, let's describe her mouth from the perspective of my penis. So T.S. Eliot has this very interesting... Um, way of words where like he'll describe two or three simultaneous things that have a connecting it's kind of like chords of a song mm. where you get the harmony even though you're reading three separate lines yeah that's an interesting way to put it like there's and, some really like good turns of phrase just on that little poem you read right and this is very short and brief and it can be inspiring mm-hmm. so I'm a douchebag I will write a play about cats and make everyone deal with it for 40 years. Well, I guess the guy that made the play, like, sunk a bunch of money into it. No, like, 
I don't know. It, w- it was a weird production that no one thought would pay off, and man, then it made like three billion dollars over the course of its you know lifetime. So Cats ruined Broadway. After Cats came out and was really successful, every Broadway play turned into the same thing, where it's just, I will stretch out my lines. This is artistic. Well, what's a song from the Cats musical? Because I've I've literally heard none of them. Oh, let me look up um, lyrics. Memories from Cats. Okay, this one is the one that shows up on YouTube first. Oh, I've heard this song. Memory all alone in the moonlight. I can dream of the old days. Every play on Broadway. That's 30 million views. You're welcome. (coughs) So, I don't know. Seeing the the Cats movie come out, it's like, you know, it makes sense because there are a lot of fans for it. But personally, I don't care for it. Uh, Sure. I I think the CGI is bad, but maybe it looks better on a screen and not on the internet, and they shouldn't release the trailer on the internet. I don't know, because things are complicated. Sometimes on the screens, things look better. I feel like such a furry watching this shit. I feel like there's better furry movies, though. People keep making that comparison. It's like, guys, you have not seen good furry art if you think this is what furry's like. Yeah. Okay, so I'm listening to the Macavity the Mystery Cat part one. And I actually kind of like this. Okay, I mean, honestly... But there's, like, attitude to this song, right? That memory one is just boring. You might like cats, and that's okay. I think there's, like, a... There's a joke on the internet that everyone's supposed to hate it the same way that, like, we all hate Sonic the Hedgehog... Let's let we all fit in if we agree that we don't like his teeth, and it's like, oh, I, I can compensate for my not having friends by agreeing that I don't like the cats movie, and it's like, yeah, have your fun. It's okay if you want to see cats. I'm just saying, I personally don't. I I mean, it's it's a girl in like kind of tight spandex with like some punk attitude going on. She's got a spike collar. I, I'm easy to please with this kind of bullshit. Yeah, it's good. I actually the song has got. It's got a nice charm to it. it. It's sassy. I like the little jazzy. Yeah, it's not a bad song. I, I'm. A, I don't know. I'm. I'm super intrigued by this movie because it. It hits the uncanny valley, just like right in the middle of the valley. Right. It's like no, we're stuck down here. We're not. We're not going in. We're not climbing out. We're just. We're just stuck here with all of the unpleasantness of, really well photorealized celebrity faces on CG animals. And it's just like why, and so I kind of want to see that on the big screen just to. Just to see what it's like. So, I want to go back a couple episodes of Opinions Are Cheap. Mm-hmm. Imagine, if you will, uh, a version of Cats that's done like pr- the the journey of Prince Ahmed with silhouettes. Oh, that'd be interesting. If this was an animated version of Cats with the same songs and story to it, but done in like a super unique, new, like, hey guys, theater-going audience, you've never seen this before. Um... I, I honestly think that would have been cooler than doing what they did with it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we talked about CG a bit at the end of last week's episode, right, where I had my, my glad space, and CG is cool, but I feel like it's it's gotten to the point where, where you can do too much with it, and where, you know, limitation breeds innovation. And we're not limited anymore, because we can just go and use a computer and fix so many things, make so many things look pretty good, and have real specular lighting and shadows and whatnot. And Oh, so you know what I really like? I miss liked? having a lot of style to things. Some of my favorite scenes in the, the live-action Aladdin were when uh, he wasn't blue. Yeah, and he's just like Will Smith. Yeah, it's just he's acting, and they're letting mm-hmm. him act. And the guy's like, Genie, how am I going to solve my problem? And he's like, well, let me tell you, Aladdin, here's how you're going to solve your problem. And it's like, just let the actors act. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> there's, there's so much, like, I don't know if people think that they need to put in CGI to get attention or something, but it feels like an executive said, here's your budget for the computer stuff. Put in some of that computer stuff that the kids like. And that was one of the nice things about Midsummer is just like there wasn't a lot of like high-end computer effects. It was, it's a, a fairly bare-bones horror movie with an interesting uh, color palette. And like, hey, let's shoot most of the scenes just in the middle of the day. And we'll do some stuff, but like it... I don't know, it 
CG can be really cool and it can also be really distracting. And it it's funny because like in Avengers, the one scene when they're walking to in game, they have the, those white suits on. Those are all CG. I had no idea because they're so well done. They look real. Well, it's kind of like uh, uh, you, you know how in um in the Force Awakens, people complained that when Kylo Ren revealed his uh, his face, it wasn't like a shocker reveal. It, sure. It's just like she's like you're a coward because you're wearing a mask. So he's like, okay, and he takes the mask off, and then like nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So, do you know why that happened? Um. I mean, they're they're kind of playing with it, right? Because when you see Darth Vader without his mask, his face is all fucked up. So I think there's so just playing with expectations. No, when they filmed it originally, that wasn't the reveal. There's oh, really? like yeah, there's earlier scenes where he's not wearing his helmet, and then after the fact, they're like, "No, we should just leave the helmet on." So they CGI'd his helmet on. Oh wow, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so like when he's talking to Supreme Leader Snoke, um, like the first time. And General Hux is there. He doesn't have the helmet on, huh. and that makes that scene make a lot more sense because it's like, why is he hiding his face from his mentor and the general that know his face? When it's like cinematically, there's a reason why the viewer shouldn't see his face yet, but they didn't sure. think of that when they're filming. Well, it's funny, right? Because then it just seems like he's really hardcore cosplaying as Darth Vader. Well, that, that's the thing. It's kind of like. It almost feels like uh, when you have you you get one of those millennials at the workplace and they're wearing their their tail to work and it's like well I guess we can't judge, but everyone kind of quietly judges. I'm 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 thankful I can't see any of that because I work in a production place and any kind of like loose stuff like that is bound to get sucked into a machine. <laughs> oh man! They... <laughs> to be fair, I don't know anybody that would do that, but I just I'm, I my mind went somewhere else. I don't want to go there. <laughs> uh, for the record i really like kylo ren me too he's he's maybe the best character they added i think so he's, he's um, a great honestly great character. i really like all the characters they added in force awakens and then i think a lot of them have things taken away from them in the last jedi and it mildly bothers me i think that's a fair assessment um i really like Poe feels a little wasted in the Last Jedi, right? Like, well, he, he's, he's actually fine in Force Awakens, and he's, he's fucking net, infuriating. In, he's in the he's Last a net Jedi. lost. It, it's like the whole time, it's like Poe knows better than this. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's it, I kind of feel the same way with uh, um, what's his name, Hux. Uh, Hux earned his position. Like he's a threatening, villainous kind of character. And then they turn him into this bumbling thing where it's like, I only keep him around because he's easy to manipulate. And say, like, no, he's actually, like, a man of power. Sure. And they kind of take that away, where it's like, you you insulted my mother? Everyone attack! It's yeah, The Force Awakens is an interesting movie, because by and large, I really like it. But all of the complaints, or at least most of them, at least a, a, lot, a lot of them are valid, right? Like, that movie has structural problems, the movie has character problems. Does it really? Um yeah, really? It's it, a little bit, and it, it's it's hard to be like, you know what? I really like this movie. I think this is a good Star Wars movie, but it's it's not a perfect movie, and so I don't know. A lot, a lot of the shit storm on the internet, I think, was really overblown. But yeah, there's some of it that wasn't. I feel like we've probably talked about this before. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I have such a centrist view on 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 Star Wars. I'm such a coward. So you know what's really funny is, uh, did you hear who's writing <laughs> the next Star Wars movie? Uh, no. The guy that wrote Batman vs. Superman and the Justice League. Oh. And then, you know what day it's coming out on? What? The same day as Cats. Oh, damn. There's, like, this weird, uh... I feel like there's a cosmic force at play, and I'm scared at the entity behind this force. The thing is, is if that's the case, I can go see Cats, because no one's gonna be there. Uh... <laughs> I can go see Star Wars because no one's going to be there. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> okay, so... Let's be real. I'm going to wait for both of them to come out on Blu-ray. <laughs> or just double feature. You, you go watch that awful Star Wars movie and it's a time for a palate cleanser. One CGI travesty, please. <laughs> uh, thank you. I will see Avatar 3. When Avatar 2, they're, they're talking about that some more again, aren't they? They're talking about Avatar 2 through 5. 
that's too many avatars. Did you hear? James Cameron, they, so you need to stop. Avengers uh, officially did more than Avatar. Yeah, I felt bad about that. So the official Avatar Twitter congratulated them, and they congratulated them with a quote from Avatar, and no one can remember this quote. They're like, is that a quote from the movie? Like, no one can remember <laughs> this stupid movie. Well, the thing is, is like the only thing I remembered about Avatar was that it was the made the most money of any movie, and now it doesn't even have that. I've never seen it. Um, really? I've watched a video describing the um, what what is the the amusement park land at Disney World? Oh. And so I know um, there's like there's some words that the aliens say, but I also know that the the Disneyland park retcons a lot of the movie. I, I've seen the movie, I want to say, three times in my life, which means I've spent nine hours on that movie, and the reason I never go back to it is because it's fucking three hours long, and I just, I just can't do that anymore, it's too long, because I actually wouldn't mind rewatching it. it, it basically is Fern Gully in space, but it's a really pretty movie, it's, it's like, and Sigourney Weaver's in it, it's Trail of Tears in space, and Pocahontas in space, mm-hmm. like, I've seen this story so many times now. So I just went to the Avatar like official Twitter, and they they have like daily updates. <laughs> There's like a weird. They have this denial that they have a Star Wars size fan base that cares sincerely, and it's like how many I, followers do they have? Um, scroll up here. I don't know how to use Twitter. They changed the UI. It fucking sucks now. So they have they have sixty eight k followers. That's a lot less than I thought. Oh, okay. I was going to say it's more than I thought. <laughs> I, I mean, that movie made a lot of money. I figured, I, I suppose people probably just stopped following it. But, I you mean, know what? I'm going to follow Avatar on Twitter. Uh, let's do that. This will be a fun experiment. Official Avatar. Let's do it. This tweet here says, Boom. Happy birthday, Zoe. There's a picture of an Avatar. Here's a picture with Oprah <laughs> looking at the Avatars. <laughs> what is this? Wow. Well, they try to do, like, memes with it. Therapist, and what do we do when we feel sad? Colonel Korar, whatever his name is, unleash a blast of military firepower so hellacious the Navy won't come within a thousand clicks of their giant tree ever again. Therapist, no. So, I saw, like, a... That only has 26 comments! I remember once there was, like, there was some news that happened. I don't remember what the news was. But an event happened. And then the, the official Paul Blart twitter like commented on the event and that became trending because a million people started asking why is the paul blart twitter still active (laughs) and it like overshadowed the school shooting or whatever it was like it was a travesty that (laughs) it was like a negative thing and more people were interested in like wait the paul blart account still has a user there were debates if there's a real paul blart out there or if there's like an ai running it that they never turned off and it's like wally i need to make Twitter is so dumb, right? I, I hate Twitter, but I also kind of, like, I feel like the the way to troll Twitter, like, like I, part of me really wants to uh, share this right now because it's so stupid, but I'm on my company Twitter, right, like, the, the Duel Software one, because that's the only Twitter account I have, and it's like, I don't want, I don't want to do anything weird with that, because eventually if we make a game that actually catches on, people are going to be like, why are you retweeting the Avatar Twitter? I don't know, I think that stuff's kind of fun. You ever, <laughs> do, do you follow Mega64? No, I probably should do that. They, I am going to retweet this. What they the retweet <laughs> the best stuff. Um, they'll, they'll take these like weird old tweets. Where it'll be like when the official's Arby Twitter said something that was like a really topical joke six years ago. And they'll retweet it like on an annual basis. Oh, nice. And it's just, it's so funny to find these gems sometimes. Mega 64 are fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah, they're fun. Um, okay, so here's... Uh, Here's a hot take for you. I got a I got a hot take question for you. Okay. Um, what is your your first day impression? Uh, now you're playing Warframe. Oh, Warframe, yeah. Um, it's fun. I wasn't sure what to expect. It it really hits that MMO itch I have, right? Where like I'm seeing all this loot come out, and I'm looking at all these weapons I can get, all the skills I can unlock, which actually there aren't that many. Um, and it's just like oh. This is neat. Like, I, I've crafted a couple items already. I think I've crafted three or four. And I'm like, oh, look what else I can make. Look what I can level. I, I need to level my new gun up. I need to level my new sword up. And so 
it really it really hits that itch while also I think being a bit more fun to play because it you know it's a third person shooter the movement's really fun. I do wish there's more enemies. I don't think the level difficulty right now is balanced well. It feels either too easy or kind of annoyingly hard like the few spikes we've actually got. It doesn't there's not a nice curve to it. But, right. Um, it's a cool game and like for free like hell yeah let's I'll I'll, I'll keep playing that for a bit. Okay, that's cool. I, I'm glad you tried it. I wanted you guys to try it. But honestly, I was surprised that you came back for day two. Hmm. Because it, I feel like it either grabs you or it doesn't. Sure. Because a lot of the systems, like when you log in, it, 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 it walks you through some things, but everything is so abstract and weird. Yeah, it's not user-friendly. It, it tells you things like, here's how you fuse your mods. And you think, oh, you take two mods and fuse them together. And it's like, no, first you discard mods, and then you get this fifth form of currency that you haven't seen before. And then you click on the mod you want, and you just put that currency into it. It's like, what? And then it's like, okay, you fused it. Now it's too high a level for you to equip, so you have to go grind levels, and now you can't use your mod anymore because you threw away the small ones that fit. That's pretty much exactly what happened, and I haven't done it since. So, yeah, and so it's weird because fusing mods is actually how you get stronger. You need oh, to darn. you need to equip as many mods as you can, and you want to level them up as much as you can, because that's where like your your level going up isn't nearly as important as the mods you put in. The mm. game also does not make that very clear. No, it doesn't. Because I thought like I got a mod where it's like plus fifteen percent fire damage, and it's like my shotgun doesn't have fire damage, so I didn't equip it. And then I found I out it later add fire damage, right? It, well, it just I found out if you put that on there, it turns it into fire damage. Okay. And it's like, okay, why doesn't it say adds 15 fire damage? Why is it, 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 like, it implies that it's increasing a percentage on a fire weapon. Yeah. So it's stuff like this where it's like, you need to read the wiki and you need to join a Discord where people won't yell at you. No, oh, not that one. They'll yell at you. No, <laughs> no, no, next one. That, there one we go. One of my big problems, and I have this with pretty much every game I buy on PC because I don't like Wasat. I like ESDF, so I have to change my buttons around. And it, it felt like a fucking pain in the ass to change my buttons around on Warframe. And then the freaking aim sensitivity was awful. You know, it's weird. 50% higher than it needed to be. Yeah, I so I have a problem with my buttons. I have a MMO mouse. And this is how I play Overwatch too, is I have like the four button is melee and the, the dash button is nine. And um I I've got this like muscle memory for how to do a shooter with this mouse. This particular brand of mouse does not work on Warframe. Oh, wow. But it's not like it doesn't receive the buttons. It's like it'll receive the buttons every three times you push it. <laughs> so I was doing melee attacks, and it's like I didn't know there were melee combos. I just thought I swung my weapon once, and mm. that was it. So I I found out it was having a problem, and I equipped it to like a different button, so now I push Q for melee. And all of a sudden, I'm doing these amazing combos, and I'm actually tearing stuff up now. And it's like, oh, I was playing the game wrong this whole time. Yeah. I appreciate that it's trying to do a story thing. I feel like I don't care, which is largely how I treated World of Warcraft's narrative. So the, And I, I feel yeah. a little bad about that, but it's like, I'm really not here for that. I want to just, like, kill shit and then ideally kill bigger shit. So, yeah, the, the story is weird because I don't think there is much of a story in the mainline stuff. But when you get these side quests, those become kind of interesting. Okay. And the side quests are designed to be side quests. Like, you can kind of skip them. Um, I thought you guys would like unlocking the glass Warframe, because you guys made a game about glass. <laughs> and I was looking into it, and the side quest where you do that is kind of interesting. It's not that interesting, but it's kind of interesting. And I'm playing through it, and it's like, I, it's interesting listening to these characters talk in the background while I'm shooting stuff. But also, sure. I never want to repeat this and hear them have these conversations again. It feels, I mean, like I'm half tempted to like turn the volume stuff down and just listen to music while we play. I don't think you need sound for this stuff. Um, it, it's a uh, there's neat stuff in the game, but there's a lot of bumps. <laughs> so, sure. So back to my point, I kind of imagined you guys would notice the bumps first, and maybe not be interested in coming back. I mean, I feel like 
we both noticed the bumps. I know, like, the next day we went for a walk or whatever, and we're, we talked about Warframe and, like, the things it's doing right and the things it's doing wrong. Because, you know, it it's definitely has flaws to it, but I think partly it... it I like co-op stuff, right? And so it's free and it's co-op, and I, it hit the, it hits two itches that I really like out of video games. I, I'm in. I don't know. I'm curious to see how far further in we get, right? Because I know you said like the end game is largely just like waves and waves of, it. and I'm thinking, well, I played a ton of horde mode with in Gears of War with my brother. Like we had a, a blast with that. And so if this can mimic even a little bit of that, I feel like it's worth at least trying. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> The, the fun that you get out of it is going to be what you want to get out of it. For a lot of people, it's about having a goal. Like, they want to they want to grind for that one frame they want and that one weapon mm-hmm. they want. And so they spend a lot of time doing that, and then they'll get them, and they'll use them for a couple missions, and then they'll wait for, like, the next big content drop. Sure. You know, it's like there's there's kind of a cycle where I don't think there's people that play Warframe every single day or they have, like, a regular thing, it's kind of like, well, time to go back to Warframe for a little bit. Like, at what point are we going to get a bigger variety of enemies? Because I feel like we've seen maybe four, and we've put five hours into the game now, at least I have. Yeah, I mean, did you play any of that weekend event with the robots? I don't think so. So there was this weekend event where it it was interesting because it actually scaled you up to, like, endgame levels. Oh. And it was end, it was endgame difficulty enemies. But it kind of buffed you up enough so everyone could play. And so I went in there and I, I leveled up all my gear to level 30 after one wave. Like, it was kind of broken, so I'm just using it to speed level my stuff. Sure. And so it's like, well, whatever, I'll do this. But while I'm doing it, it's like, here's a there's a stealth panther robot that it will come up behind you and then explode an EMP. So you lose not only your radar, but also all of your energy. So, like, your kit's gone. Oh, wow. Um, and also it has this like special armor that's resistant to melee weapons. That sounds like a dick. So what what I was doing was it would attack me and I would try to run away. And then there was somebody with a sniper rifle far away that was taking it out, like across this hmm. whole ravine. And we ended up doing that where I would get the Panthers and then they're sniping them out. You're the bait. Basically, because my weapons couldn't penetrate the armor. Like my, my sure. weapons weren't scaling up enough. Um, but then they were handling it while they still had the energy. And it was a lot more interesting than the missions you find on Earth. Okay. It, it was still just waves of robots that come up and shoot you, and most of them stand still, and you can get them. But then it's like, oh, wait, oh, shoot, this guy's dropping mines everywhere, and now if I run into these five mines in a row, I'll die. So I have to pay attention to where I'm speed jumping and wall running and stuff. Yeah. The game's interesting in terms of rewards, right? Because I remember when you leveled up in World of Warcraft, when you got new skills, like, that was a big deal. And I feel like in this game, it's like, I've played a couple of hours, and all of a sudden I accidentally hit three instead of one, and I do something new, and I'm like, when did I get a shield? Like, it didn't it didn't tell me this, it didn't give me a thing to learn, you know, like, there was no fanfare about it. It's like, you have this now, and if you accidentally hit this button, you'll you'll use it. And then I didn't know how to use it, so all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can pick this up. Like, I found that out, like, the next place I should accidentally hit use next to it. And I picked it up and pulled out my pistol, and I was walking around shooting people, like, a, you know, with, like, a riot shield. I was like, this is really cool. Why why is the game not doing something a little more specific and telling me I have this, like, neat thing I can do? Yeah, it's a little weird. I just I unlocked nunchucks. I didn't know there were nunchucks in the game. I didn't either. That's and interesting. I, I got a blueprint for him, and it's like, wow, I, I really want to craft these nunchucks and just try them out, <laughs> because it's like, sure. wh- how does that even work in this game? I'm looking at some of these other frames, too. There's like a there's a desert guy that, um, like, he summons scarabs and sandstorms and things, but one of, the, one of my favorite ones is his passive ability is that when you die, he turns into a sarcophagus, and he just self-heals and comes back to life. Huh. And that works also in single-player missions, so you don't have to worry about like timing out and losing your XP from dying. It just like just doesn't die. Yeah, some of these some of these characters have really interesting toolkits. The glass. I suppose ones at some point like really cool. I have to look into like other on other Warframes, right? Because I'm not really I don't I don't use my skills all that much. Like I, I make use of the shield once in a while now because it it is useful, but. I'm really more like, okay, I want to level up my weapons. I want to get better weapons. Yeah, I think the weapons are going to be more important 
Because the weapons are where you get your actual DPS. Yeah. And then the Warframe is more of a... Like, that allows for different forms of survival or crowd control. But it's really a matter of taste. Like, I was reading a tier list, and a lot of people disagree on what the strong ones are. Because there's, like... I like... I've seen this, uh, the, this Warframe, you just link the music one. And I've heard Octavia. people talk about her before, and, like, yeah, she seems pretty cool. She seems pretty popular. I've seen her a lot in, uh... You know those defense missions where there's, like, one thing in the center that you have to defend? Mm-hmm. I've seen people use her where she'll put down a thing that, like, distracts enemies, where they'll come in range and then they'll just stop. And then she puts down another thing that seems to recharge everybody's energy because everybody's just using their ults left and right. Okay. And it's a really cool kind of bard theme of, like, buffing your teammates and crowd control more than damage. But I can't imagine using her in a single-player way. Like, that's why I love playing Garuda because she has those big claws. But she doesn't actually do anything for the team, so I like her for single player. But then it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to uh, the fairy, I guess. Because there's a decent amount of Warframes, right? And it's like I don't even know where to start. Of like, which one do I want, or do I even care? Like and honestly, so it's like, oh, which one has a cool name? Yeah, honestly though, I really think you'd like the glass one. Like the there's a water one. He seems kind of cool. Oh, he's cool. He's like pirate themed, and he summons tentacles and cannonballs. Um, Where's the which one's the glass one? I just sent you that one, but it, her name is Gara. Oh, okay. And so yeah, her Gara seemed pretty neat. Her cape is made of glass, and it's like you use that to shoot shards at people. Huh? And she summons these like glass wall barriers, and oh, her passive is cool. If you stand in light, it actually just reflects light and blinds people. <laughs> and it's like it's kind of funny but then it's also like oh there's utility there and strategy to knowing the map because i know i'm using vort right now and he's kind of cool Volt? i can shoot a bolt or whatever i can shoot electric bolts at people i like the water one i kind of want to try i want to yeah you don't let me get hydroid let me look up how to get but then that's the thing right is like how, how much of a pain in the ass is it to unlock some of these are, are worse grinds than others. Um, I think Hydroid is easy, but at the same time, you kind of have to you have to unlock all the planets so you can get the resources. Sure. Um, Hydroid drops from... Where's the thing? Uh, Earth missions. Yeah, there's literally just like, there's a boss on Earth that you fight. Oh, okay. And that's about it. So... Yeah, according to this, you're, like, nearly guaranteed to get all the blueprints after, like, 30 runs. But then a couple of these resources I haven't seen yet. So, like, okay. you, you get the blueprint, but then you have to actually craft it. Because I I got the blueprint for the uh, the McCree guy. There's, like, a, a cowboy with a six-shooter that, like, auto-aims like McCree does. Oh, cool. So it's like, oh, okay, I'll get that one. Because somebody was trading him for, like, really low. And it's like, oh, cool, I'll just, I'll get that. Now this guy has it. So I bought that off of him. And it's like, oh, it's not the actual Warframe, it's the Blueprint. Well, whatever, I'll do that. And I'm looking into how to craft the Blueprint. And it's like, oh, this is going to take <laughs> a long time just to... I was really excited that I got this new Warframe. It's like, oh, no, this is going to be months for me to level up and do it. And that's the thing, right? Is anything really worth is it, worth it is probably going to be a hell of a grind. And I don't... I don't have the itch to do that. Like, like the sword I made, it's like, oh, I can get these materials. Like, I, I got them in a night. That's cool. Or that, that shotgun pistol took me, like, two days to get everything for that. Then I'm fine with it. The idea of, like, oh, I'm going to... It's going to take me, like, two months to grind this out. It's like, I don't... Man. That's, well, see, uh... And that's the thing. I'm looking at some of this stuff, and it's like, wow, this is going to take a long time to get. And then if I log into Twitch Prime, I just got a free Warframe I wanted. So it's like, oh, cool. I'll just be a fairy. <laughs> and I'm, like, overpowered and better than the thing I was going to grind for. Sure. So it's, like, um, it, it's a weird, again, the, the good and the bad of this game. They have some strange design decisions. Mm. Um, but they also, like, it's it's free to play, right? So they want you to spend money. And so there's got to be some cool things that, like, well, people are going to just want to buy this because they're not going to want to put up with the weight. And it just looks so cool, too. I really love the art style. It's pretty neat. Did you see the cat lady? No, there's a cat lady? Yeah, she has a panther buddy. Is it Taylor Swift? Um, You can't tell with the mask. Oh, maybe so it's Taylor Swift. It could be. Warframe lore. Activate. Is this Sauron? 
uh, Cora. Oh. I wish it said their names above them, so I have to, like, click on them. I'm like, which one of these looks like it has cat ears? Yeah, it's not super clear. And also, this video doesn't show the cat very well. Aww. So, I don't know. It It's kind of fun, but I think it's kind of fun in, like, short bursts, or if you want to... If you want to set a goal and you just work on that one goal, uh, this is a lot like Star Trek Online for me. Okay. Where it, when you when you clear out the end game, or rather when you get to like max level and you have all the planets unlocked, it's no longer about playing the game and it's more about how pretty do I want my spaceship to get. Sure. And so it's like, oh, if I grind this one reputation, I can get blue lasers. And then the blue lasers are stronger if I use this buff from this other rep grind so i'm gonna do this kind of build and then i i slowly collect all the pieces and i put all my blue lasers on one ship and i go hey this is kind of neat i'm I'm not i'm not doing that great oh i need these shields so i get the shields and it's like okay my ship's the way i like it i guess i'm done until they come out with a new ship i want i remember i mean you know going back to world warcraft like by the end of my play sessions with that it was largely about like what's the cool gear i want to collect what are the pets i want to collect um because I was pretty pretty tapped on the end game stuff and the grind, and it was just like, how can I use this to waste time? Because I don't have anything better to do. Um, and now I feel like I have a lot more better things to do. And so, I don't. I'll play. I don't know how long I'm gonna play this, right? Because I'm having fun. And I'm really enjoying playing with you and Joe. And I feel like I'll probably only play this game with you and Joe. It'll be kind of like Overwatch in that regard. I won't have the itch to do it by myself. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think we're gonna have times where. Uh, we're just not feeling Overwatch. And it's like, well, I don't know, do you want to do um, the Rainbow Six Siege? And then we both laugh at Joe, and then we play Warframe. <laughs> um, he really wants to play that with you more. Like, I, You know, it, it's annoying. I want to play it also, but it's like, I feel like I want to pay attention in that game and do it correctly yeah. to have more fun. And I come home from work and I'm tired. Hmm. And so I'll play, like, with Warframe, I'm bouncing off walls accidentally and doing cool stuff or with overwatch it's like i'll spin in a circle and somehow win the match yeah and so it encourages my drinking habit i've been drinking too much this week that's why i'm drinking coffee now it's been a fucking been fucking bad i hate the one thing i hate about drinking like it's not even like the hangover it just, it's just like you wake up and you kind of feel gross but also like i just feel so bloated and i'm just like i can feel like my skin stretching around new fat forming on my stomach yeah I'm just like, I, I'm disgusting right now. I hate myself. I want to have more whiskey to make me hate myself less, because it will temporarily fix this problem. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so no coffee, because there's only like four calories in this cup of coffee. Uh, so anyways, I'm glad you had some fun on Warframe. Yeah, I mean, I, I when we're done with this, it's like, you know, do we want to play Overwatch tonight, or do we want to play Warframe? I'm yeah. done with more Warframe. You know, honestly, I think I want to wait on Overwatch until the big patch comes. I can see that. Because I think it's, like, what, like two weeks away? Mm -hmm. I could take a break from Overwatch for two weeks. But... Overwatch frustrates me sometimes and I, in ways that are just, like... It's nice to not be frustrated when I'm playing video games. So, what do you think of the new character? I don't know a whole lot about him. My brother was telling me his kit. He seems interesting. I like that we got another shield tank. So I don't like that some of his moves feel like their other characters have like he's got like a defense matrix it's like yeah but diva has that when he's got like a reinhardt shield yeah that turns into an orissa shield right and he also has balls that bounce off walls for damage that might be kind of interesting so you know he's uh he's dutch oh is he and he he doesn't wear shoes he like floats around mm -hmm. so he's a flying dutchman ah ah so Everything I'm hearing from people is, oh, he's really going to shake up the meta. And it's like, I don't think he's going to shake up the meta as much as the mandatory 2-2-2 team build. Yeah. And I am I understand the problem. And I understand the benefit of forcing a team composition that's balanced in a particular way. I want to drink and decide, hey, if I was Hammond right now, I could push everyone off the side. And then I do that, and we win. Right. And I can't do that now. If I'm if I'm playing Mercy, and uh, we just I'm not doing anything, 
I'm not healing that much because the Moira's got the healing down and we just, we really need to hold this point. And it's like, okay, I guess I can pick Brigitte or something, but I'm stuck as a healer for the whole game. Yeah, I don't, I don't, for, like, the way we play is so fuck aroundy that I don't, like... For quick play, I don't see the appeal. I no, get... Like, I mean, I like it when we accidentally do, like, full DPS and it's stupid, or, like, six healers and a, or five healers and a May, and, like, for some yeah. reason that works really well. But I also see things where, like, even in ranked play, though, I'll, I'll play ranked games... And sometimes it's like, okay, guys, I'll heal. And it's, okay, great, are you good Mercy or Moira? And it's like, well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm okay, Mercy. Okay, let's do that. And then the whole game, I'm just getting picked off left and right. And it's like, oh, Mercy, why don't you change... Um, Actually, why don't you pick Reinhardt? Because we need a shield tank. And then I'll pick uh Anna, because I'm a good Anna. It's like, okay, and we'll change teams real quick. You know, and then I'm shielding the Anna while we work in, and we've changed our strategy effectively. Because this guy was a really good Anna, and it's like, okay, I'm glad that he volunteered, because now we won, and it was all thanks to our cooperation. And it's like, yeah, I mean, this, it, there's a one very small situational thing that won't happen anymore. Yeah, and I feel like that was like kind of like the draw of this, right? Because you're not locked in a role or a character when you start. If it's not going well, you can switch, and you can talk to your teammates and be like, hey, let's swap around. And you know, um, I gotta say, I mean, you guys started after this, but... They used to allow double characters, too. Yeah. So, I, I, like, you could pick a team where it's like, hey, let's all pick McCree. Ha, 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 this will be funny. But then you, like, rape everybody mm-hmm. because they weren't expecting it, and they're not prepared for this dumb thing, and it's the funnest thing in the world. And it's like, we're going to put this away in a smaller pool of players playlist that some players don't know where to find. Yeah. Cool. I feel like the few times we've played that playlist, I didn't like it. And, and it's... <laughs> I, I think part of why you didn't like it is there's problems with it, and I understand why they got rid of it. But also yeah. part of it is there's a lot less players doing it. So the ones doing it are with the intent of breaking the rules versus sure. like when you normally pick quick play, it was a novelty to just, hey, let's all do Bastion and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And they're not expecting it. Whereas if you queue into all Bastion mode, everyone expects it. Yeah, that's true. But largely, it, it's a net gain, but it takes the fun away, and I'm feeling that way. I just don't like the way. idea of them forcing good comps. Like, I feel like part of the fun of quick play, and part of the frustration too, but I don't, you're just like, this team is so stupid, there's no way we're going to win, and then you hold really well, and it's just like, why is this working? Well, I also, why do we have the one good Genji? I wonder what the queue times are going to be like, because we play the three of us. Yeah. So what composition are we supposed to pick to make sure that we're not sitting in a queue for half an hour? Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, I'm going to assume most people want to play damage. So does that mean we all have to opt out of damage for the whole night? I don't know. Or do we, like, one of each, and then we just got to find, you know, our counters? Because that's, three that's more the people. other thing. It's going to want players of similar skill levels for both teams so it's going to want a two or three stack that also decided to do one of each, as well as similarly themed three stacks for the other side. And it's like some of the wait times are getting a little rough as is. Um, And so when we get into a game and a couple guys grab damage right away and I, and I go, well, I guess I'll heal. But now it's like I have no chance of playing DPS because I volunteer to be healer. I, I my my character selection is now six characters. Yeah. Um I hope they have a fix for that, but knowing Blizzard, they don't. Because I feel like they, they do things they don't always think things through because that's why half their characters that show up are completely broken for the first two weeks. And they're like, Oh, I guess we didn't balance them very well. It's like, No, you fucking didn't. Like Moira's still kinda bullshit. Brigitte's better, but you know, like when Brigitte first was put out, like, she was nonsense you know that was nonsense right there was it was so frustrating and it's like how did you not foresee this you made the game and you had people test it man i remember when when they added may and i remember when they announced may and they showed look at her kit she can literally make a wall and it's like whoa what is like, yeah, she can block doors, but she can also even, like, lift you up so you can get players up at angles that they've never been before. And it's like, what? You could just, you could lift a bastion up there and then just snipe everybody. What? And it was such a weird, like, game changer. 
And now it's like, yeah, Maze, whatever. I'm going to pick the character that psychically um, makes all the other characters really of their childhoods. And then I'm going to pick the character that teleports behind them all when I push the Q button. And it's like there's this weird power creep thing where, like, when they introduced Genji, the ability to reflect back things was literally game-changing. And now it's like, don't pick Genji, you'll just die. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look at uh, Baptiste, right? In a way, he fills the same niche as uh, Ana, but I feel like his, if you know how to play him, his kit is way better. He's got way more mobility, he does more damage. Um, he doesn't have a stun, but he can, like, he's got a more splash heal, because uh, Ana's is on a pretty long cooldown. And so uh, I keep worrying that, like, they're going to keep putting out new characters, and they're going to obsolete old ones, because, like you said, there's kind of a power creep. I was uh I was in a there's a 4chan Discord for Warframe. And they have a section for Warframe and then they have a section for other games if you just want to talk. And I don't remember why, but somebody brought up Overwatch, maybe it was this new character, and everybody started ragging on Overwatch right away. It says who even plays that? It's a dead, it's dead game. It's been dead for years. So they Blizzard should stop content updates. And then I was describing what you and Joe and me do, where it's like, hey, once a week we have fun. Yeah. Uh, we might have to drink a little to have fun, and we might have to just troll our teammates a little bit once in a while to have fun, but we have fun. And that reminded me how before Overwatch we were playing Lawbreakers, and so I brought up Lawbreakers. Mm-hmm. And one person was like, yeah, Lawbreakers! <laughs> and then like two other people said, yeah, I like Lawbreakers. And then we're talking about Lawbreakers. <laughs> <laughs> for a while. And apparently, like, you, you remember, like, the last time we logged in to try and there weren't enough players online to make, like, one game? Yeah. Apparently, these two guys were two of the other players that we were trying to queue with. Oh. Like, they were there to the end. Sure. And it's like, yeah, the the character design was kind of bleh, but the kits were fun. It's like, yeah, the kits were fun. It's like, yeah, the levels were all kind of, like, they were colored the same, but they were so fun to navigate and like the objective. It's like, yeah, it was fun. And, like, the shooting was satisfying. And I like flying around. And, and it's like, yeah. And we're, <laughs> we're talking about it so sincerely. And this one guy was like, I can't tell if you guys are joking or not anymore. And, and it's like, we're, none of us are joking. It was a fun game. <laughs> yeah. And this guy, I think, I think he was starting to realize that we were being sincere and that maybe he missed out because it was a fun joke to make fun of Lawbreakers at the time. Yeah, and it's Lawbreakers like, really got hit with like the meme thing where it's like everyone's gonna just hate it. No, no one's ever gonna play it, but they're gonna blindly hate it because they saw someone else do it. What was that game that launched at like the same time as Overwatch? Um, and it got hit hard. Fuck. Well, I I know what I'm pretty sure I know what game you're talking about. Yeah, I do not remember the and, name. And there was like a Twitter war where the Twitter accounts were like, like, hey, look out, Overwatch. You guys think you had a good launch, but just wait until next Tuesday. And next Tuesday came, and it was the worst launch ever in video game history. And Overwatch yeah. is like, nice try, dummies. You're a bunch of dummies. And it's like, who knew? And all those people lost their jobs. And everyone's like, haha, Overwatch is funny. So, I don't know. I remember when, like, the weekend Lawbreakers came out, all of its competition games released big patches. And I was like, oh, you yeah. guys are dicks. And, and you know, it's, it's hard because there is competition... There's a, there's only so many people out there that want to play a shooter, and so if you're trying to make money selling a shooter, you you need to do something about it to have an audience. But I feel like Lawbreakers was fitting a niche that nothing else was scratching for me, and I know I'm not right. alone. But they just, I don't know if they didn't have enough marketing or if they didn't tap into the youth correctly. I don't know. Yeah. Like wh- one person was explaining that Overwatch's success is just because the character design is so appealing. Like, you can look at most of the characters and you can guess what their backstory is or what their superpower is. Yeah. And you want to cosplay as them. And they're so fun and inviting, like a Disney cartoon. And it's like, people decide to play Overwatch without seeing gameplay. And then a game of, like, uh, Lawbreakers, it's like, here's this cool pitch. Here's the twist we're doing on the gameplay. What if the gravity was only there some of the times? Can you even imagine if gravity was there sometimes, but not always, but then sometimes it was? And at mm. that, like halfway through that elevator pitch, like someone got off on floor 13 to kill themselves. <laughs> and it's like, it's a shame because if you were to compare the games and have game reviews, they might put the games closer together. 
Yeah. But when you're trying to get someone that walked into Best Buy to grab Lawbreakers, it's like, well, here's a box with gray colors that all looks the same. And then what's this thing over here that looks different? And they're just going to look at the different thing. Yeah. Part of the problem, too, is it got to a point where everyone just expected Lawbreakers to go free to play. Because, and I think people were like, I'm just going to wait for it to go free to play. Why should I spend money when six months from now it'll be free? Yeah, that uh, because too. Because so many other games like that were doing that at the time. And but, I feel like there was just like a perfect storm of nothing going right for that game. It was that, but it was also the other part is uh, even the players that bought the game were waiting for it to go free to play. Because it's like, well, when everyone comes back for the free to play, then the queues will get better. Yeah. And then it just never happened. And <laughs> say, like, oh, no, no. <laughs> and then the... The, uh, and I've said this before, but the, the final patch they did to raise the TTK and make it so you had to use your skills more, like, your, instead of just the guns. Yeah. Like, that, that fucking ruined the game. That made it unfun to play. I stopped playing when I said, I'll wait until the next patch when they revert this. Yeah, I mean, I basically did the same. And then they reverted too hard and it uninstalled off my hard drive. Yep. I, so, I don't know. Um, We got five minutes left. Do you want to talk about the Picard trailer? I did not see the Picard trailer. Okay, I'm going to act it out. Okay. Okay. I've got my um my bald spot on, so I look bald. I, I, I'm old, but I still like paychecks. That was a really good impression of um of that guy you were talking about. Thank you. And then I look, I'm going to put on my, my white um, makeup and act like a robot. Uh, hello, I'm canonically dead, but I'm back now. <laughs> um, did you ever watch Voyager? No, so I, brought... I don't know Star Trek super well. You know Seven of Nine? Seven of Nine? She's back. Okay. Do you, So, do you know what the Borg are? If I type in Seven of Nine, is she going to come? Okay, yeah, it is a lady. Okay. Is she like part Borg? She's got a little like metal on her eye. So, do you know? do you know what the Borg are? Yeah, they're like Borg assimilate. Do you do you remember the whole like there was a big story arc where Captain Picard got abducted by the Borg? Sure, that sounds like something that would happen. So it was a big, it was a season finale that the Borg got him, and they're like, "We got to go save the captain." And then they find the Borg cube, and he's the captain of the Borg cube, and they they assimilated him into a Borg general, and he's like, "I am Le- I am Lacutus of Borg." You will be assimilated. And then it ends on a this like cliffhanger thing where it's like, oh, maybe we can't save him. And Riker's there in the captain's seat. And he says, fire. And then the and it plays the dramatic music and it's like season finale there. Hmm. And the whole twist was like, are they going to bring back, <laughs> like, is Patrick Stewart done with the show? Like, there's rumors that he might not come back. Like, oh, no, is this how they're going to write him off? Like, he's going to die. He's the Borg now. And so it was a whole, like, episode about getting him back. But this creates this, like, PTSD of the whole Borg experience. And becoming a Borg haunts him. And it's not something that comes up every episode. But once in a while, they'll touch on it. And a couple times in the movies, they touch on it. Where he gets this really crazy vendetta about the Borg. Where it's like he wants them to no longer exist in any capacity. And it becomes this uh, this white whale thing. Okay. The whole Captain Ahab thing comes up again, like in the movie, where he's like he's endangering the whole ship just to eliminate the Borg, and he kind of he's reminded of Captain Ahab, and he starts quoting the book, and he realizes that like he can't be that, and he has to rise above this. Um, but it's a big deal for him. Hmm. So, fast forward to Star Trek Voyager. Um, Seven of Nine was like a 10-year-old girl when she got taken by the Borg. And they save her out in deep space when she's an adult. And so it's about her... Like, they they have the technology to kind of reverse some of the Borg effects, but she's kind of messed up. So, like, mentally, it's, like, it's so quiet in her head because she's alone that she doesn't know how to interact with people because it used to be part of the collective, and now it's just her. And it's, like, a thing that she struggles with. But being Borg is really part of her identity. That's neat. So it's interesting that they put her in this show where he basically has to team up with the White Whale. Sure. To solve White Whale mysteries. And it's like, you know what? This 
This feels like grasping at straws to get fan attention, but there's potential for interesting stories here. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool combo. Maybe. I I mean, I'm not getting my hopes up, but there is a hope. Yeah. So I'm glad you liked the Picard trailer, Chad. <laughs> you did a very good job selling me on the show. When I when I buy CBS All Access, I'll give you my password, and you can you can watch it for a couple minutes and go, man. <laughs> this sounds fair. Well, do you have a glad space, Chad? Are you glad about anything? God, not really. I oh. am. I'm. I wrote it down because I forgot. Oh, so. I I <laughs> I was I was listening to some podcast during work, and there's a couple where it's like, yeah, I'm done with this, and I just unsubscribed. I gotta I gotta fill that time slot with something. So one of my favorite uh, guys out there, uh, he he hasn't done podcasting in a while. He used to be on this really cool uh, Warcraft uh, rating podcast, and he's he's very funny. He's such a good entertainer. Um, his day job is he edits movie trailers. Oh well. Wow. So he actually might have worked on that cat's trailer that you keep jerking off to. Yeah. And um he he's a really fun guy, but he also actually like knows about the game. He's not just the goofy guy, it's like he actually has advice to give. So he put together a new show and he's like he's coming back and cool and he has a couple new friends he's bringing with him. Cool, it's really neat. I miss his voice. In fact, I have a mod that plays his voice in the game. So Oh wow. He does the raid warnings like when there's a count off before it's like like five four kind of thing or like warning and it's it's his voice doing like the deepest voice he has so it's kind of fun like hearing his voice again just talking and uh the theme of the show is warcraft but it's not like they talk about patch notes and things it's all done like in character and it's a public radio show in azeroth so they'll do like skits so it's like here's a skit where it's like, here's a commercial for Nogginfogger Elixir. And um, here's a commercial for Worgen Cop. And it's like, Worgen Cop, he's off the leash. And um, Okay, that sounds pretty fun. It's, it is fun. They have a lot of fun. It's really, it's really jokey. They have this really cool thing where they, they want listeners to go find NPCs and then voice the NPC and write in and say, I'm Chuck Schumer from... Winterfell, and when I'm not repairing your gear, I'm listening to Azeroth Public Radio. So there's like listener testimonials that are in character. Huh. And you can like you can go there and see that character and go, oh, he listens to the show well, like when you stop by and recognize him. And it's, just, it's kind of this really cute thing, but what what really surprised me was uh, the co-host is really into the lore. And he wanted to do a lore thing where it's like, here's the backstory of your favorite characters. But it's like, everybody already knows. Like, if you're listening to a Warcraft podcast, you know who Jaina is. Mm-hmm. So the twist is, it's an interview series where he'll interview people from Jaina's life. So it's like, it's it's edited like an actual documentary. <laughs> it's actually like voiced well. And it'll be like, here's the here's a painter from Kultiris that uh would paint like royal figures and stuff and so she saw Jaina when she was a little girl and it's just this sweet lady talking about how like how nice Jaina was and the family but but the father was always out to the war and and when they sent her off to Dalaran I, I don't think he wanted her to go but you you know how Catherine is she's she's got that iron will and I'm, I'm sure she just put her foot down and it feels candid even though it's mostly fan fiction that's like loosely based up on actual lore sure but it's the production value is high. Like everyone cares about this, and so it's uh it's been really fun. I recommend you listen to it while you're driving. It's not a sit down and pay attention to it kind of show. Okay. It's like a background noise kind of show. Yeah, it sounds like it could be a fun one at work. Um, yeah. So I I recommend Azeroth Public Radio. They only have cool. one episode out so far, but I'm listening to this first episode, and it's like, wow, if this is their first one, and they're still getting their feet. Like, this is kind of neat. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess for mine, I don't know how often I've talked about looking for our house on this show. I know that's more of a the comics podcast talking point. But I did I did put down a bit on one, and it got accepted. Mm. And so that's Chad, exciting. Be- you, you bid on a house? I bid on a house. You're not supposed to encourage capitalism. Well, 
I know, but also, <laughs> I want to own a house and not live where I'm living anymore, and eventually that will be the case. It's going to probably be another two months, just because they got 45 days to get the fuck out, and I have to get paperwork ready, and then there's got there's a little bit of construction I need done before I can move in. And so, but at least I'm, like, kind of counting down the days where it's like, oh, cool, I will finally, like, not be living where I'm living anymore. And that's exciting in a very, like, overwhelming sort of way. No, that's a really big move, and it's really cool. So I'm happy for yeah. you guys. I have a feeling, you know, if you listen to this show, eventually it's going to be, like, devolve into me just bitching about things I've never had to worry about. <laughs> Because uh, houses come with lots of problems, and you know you gotta take care of them yourself. You can't just be like, "Hey, landlord, the thing's broken. Have someone come fix it while I'm oh, out here." Yeah, and and you know, this is why we have glad space is because it's really easy to have those negative ones. But mm-hmm. when your your pipes burst and you gotta fix them, you can also admire your pretty windows that you own and they're yours. Yeah, and I don't know. It, it, I'm just so excited to be away from upstairs neighbors because i find it really hard to like concentrate on like things when i can hear them moving around it's just like it just become this thing that i can't not fixate on and it drives me nuts uh i'm excited to not have a, a gravel driveway which turns into a fucking ice rink during the winter ah. like, that's gonna be so great i slipped on that like three times last winter and one of them really really hurt and it's like oh i don't have to worry about that i mean i'll, I'll have to shovel you know a concrete driveway but it won't, it won't turn into glare ice because I can actually shovel all the snow off. That's great. You know, just little things like that. Like, I'm really excited to even kind of tackle the yard work and be like, I'm going to turn this lawn into something that looks cool. I'm going to get all, you know, the weeds gone. I'm going to do a rock garden or something. You know, it's going to gonna take a bit, but it'll eventually be like my house, and I'm, I'm excited to have that. But I also got to wait yet, and I don't like waiting. I'm sick of waiting. Still here? Yeah, I got that. I got a feeling song stuck in my head. Oh, <laughs> friggin' YouTube just like recommended me a channel called Raisin Ace, and this guy like makes these weird do-it-yourself projects. And I'm like, this might be a fun channel to watch. I'm I got a video queued up where he's making a dichroic film epoxy cube. I was like, that's a lot of things, but it, it's very sparkly. <laughs> it looks pretty neat. I wanna. I wanna. <laughs> I like doing my YouTube videos, but I only do them when I have, like, a joke that's worth doing. I was really wishing you'd do that Comic-Con one where you walked into, like, a just a comic book store and thought that was <laughs> Comic-Con. Uh, yeah, it's like, I almost don't want to do too much, like, out in the real world stuff. I I want the puppet show to exist on a puppet set. Sure. But sure. at the same time, it's like, I don't want to restrict myself too much. So I'll do stuff outside or like I was kind of experimenting when I went to Richard's house and had him on screen. Yeah. Um, Cause actually Richard has a matching puppet of him. Oh, he does. Yeah. And so nice. my first thought was um, he would use the puppet to represent an E3 attendee. And before I asked him to get it, it was kind of like, why don't you just stand there and I'll scream at you. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? That looked good. Maybe we'll just... <laughs> I'm going to go with this. Oh, that's silly. Oh, and then Final Fantasy update. Um, my second husband stood me up at the altar. Yeah, you, you mentioned that in the chat, and you're just like, this keeps happening. This, yeah, it's actually it's kind of funny. I'm trying to figure out, like, is there someone else I know wants to leave the game that I can convince to say they'll marry me just so that they don't before they leave? Cameron, do I, I need could... to get this game and then marry you just so you can have a husband in Final Fantasy? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to roll a dude character, though. A what? A guy. I don't want to roll a guy character, so we'd have to have a lesbian wedding. Oh, are you sure you don't want to be the, the furry guy? Yeah. Really? Here's the thing about Warframe I didn't like. is I thought I was going to roll a lady Warframe off the bat, and then there weren't any to start with. They all look like guys. And you're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's why, like, I made, That's why I have like the the female version of my username instead of the male one. We gotta figure out like the fastest way for you guys to get more Warframes. Yeah, I want. I want to be a. I want to be a, a, breastily having, lady man. Oh, you should be. Um, you know who's the the cutest Warframe? Hmm. If I can bring up the Dagon website, it doesn't load right. Um, Hildren. There's so much art of Hildren. 
Well, I better type Hildren into the old Google and see what comes up. She, her, she's like 99% muscle. I typed in, I must have typed it wrong because it's trying to autocorrect the children. <laughs> How is that cute? I oh, oh, hey everyone, Chad has bad taste. She looks like, like a wrestler. Yeah. It's like Zarya, but if Zarya had muscles. Zarya has lots of, Zarya has nothing but muscles. Have you <laughs> seen her dance? Not compared to Hildren over here. I don't like her. Mm. Not Not doing anything for me. Not enough cat ears. <laughs> well, good night, everybody. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good sorry everybody. we didn't go to E621 tonight, but if you look up Warframe on that site, the results are horrifying. Actually, I did go to E621 and typed in the Borg, but there weren't anything fun. Uh, but there was results, right? There was like seven or eight results. Okay, that's, that's half fair. of them were ponies, but none of them was porn. I sent you a, a My Little Pony a marijuana cake. Yeah, I saw that. That's one of the things Mega64 retweets, so that's why you should follow him. <laughs> I did follow Mega64. Great. Good night, everybody. Make sure yeah, to write into opinionsofcheap at gmail.com and follow us on opinionsofcheap or facebook.com and there's the twitter.opinions slash cheap underscore htmls for more updates. Love you. Yay! Yay!